Hi, Pastor Greg here. I am the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Montana. You are listening to the live Sunday service that streams most Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you would like to listen to past broadcasts, you can find us at www.agjordanmt.com. You can find links for our live broadcast as well as links to past broadcasts. Look for Jordan Assembly of God Church on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. Or if you like to watch the service, you can follow the video links and subscribe to be notified when we go live. We are doing a series on both letters written to the Christians in Thessalonica called Thessalonians. So without further introduction, Thessalonians. All right, we are in part 11. We're nearing the end of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, and then we'll be heading right straight into 2 Thessalonians. And this one titled Thief in the Night. And we have been going through, and last last week we did a summary, or about the last couple weeks we've done a summary of chapters 1 through 4 in this series that we've been studying. What we have been learning is about God developing our character, which comes out in, in the fruit from the inside of what God is actually doing. He gives us identity by giving, by, and that would be the truth that he shows us. He affects us by his grace that it may affect us. The effect of grace upon our lives affects us in a way. And we, that is kind of a choice. So the effect is something that God has done for us. The effect is something that we choose allowing that to actually make a change in our lives, allowing to view something that is unnatural for me and to allow my life to mold myself to that. And, um, and actually, you know, that whole following after. So that our longing for is to love him and to hallow, meaning to set apart, to make holy his name in truth and integrity, found by abiding in the chief cornerstone, Jesus the Messiah, who is alive today and being led by the Holy Spirit, who is the leader in all truth and who reveals things to come. So in today talking about thief in the night because Paul is going to be going into some of the end times discussions. We're going to be heading into Matthew chapter 24, 36 through 44. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming. So also will the coming coming of the son of man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would, would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. 
Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for this time. Father, I pray that as we look at this, as we look at your word, Father, I pray that our hearts and minds will be open to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So the verse in Matthew 24, 36 through 44, um, and, and going into the thief in the night, the verse, I'm just going to just be open right now and basically say, as a child and as I was growing up and even up till here just a little bit ago, it always struck me as strange because it's it felt like to me like it changed moods. Like we have the God of love and the peace and, and, and everything, but be careful, watch out, because he comes like a thief in the night. And it's like, The way I, I struggle with that, maybe that was nothing the way you or even thought of in that way. But I understand that God is God, and I understand that God is love, but I also understand that God is a judge. But it just, it, it struck me as very interesting. But the more I looked into it, the more I was, the more I was reading into it, I realized that it's not a change in moods. But it's rather, it displays the very real reality that there is a coming time that the character of God, who is all love, is also all judge. And that the reality is, is that that same God of love that created all things at some point in time will bring about justice. For those that are watching for him, they consider him a priority. For those who are not watching for him, it is not a priority. So if you are watching, you are expecting, and if you are expecting, then you are preparing. Right? So it's kind of, it's kind of like this. It's like when I know somebody is coming to my house, what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure the place is cleaned up. I'm going to try and have things looking nice. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to do those things. I'm in expectation of, and I'm looking for, so this verse of it comes like a thief in the night, I've heard reference to Christians as well. Be careful, he comes like a thief in the night. It's not a thief in the night to us who are following Jesus. And I'm going to repeat that. It, it, it's, not, it's not a thief in the night to those who are following after him, who are preparing, who are following after, who are allowing that summary that we went to, that character of God being developed in us. It's not a thief in the night for us. It's a thief in the night for those who are in darkness. And so for those not expecting, not considering, it's going to be a completely different story. When God comes to the world in a world that is not preparing for him and not thinking about him and not considering him and not considering the rules, basically what they're saying is, 
is that my way is the right way. Right? Those that acknowledge God as being the right way prepare and expect him. Because one day, the Father is going to send his Son back. One day, Jesus is going to be coming back. But he's not coming back as a sacrifice. He's not coming back to give his life again because that's already been done. The sacrifice has already been made. But he is coming back. And he's going to redeem those that are following after. And it's going to be a much different situation for other people when it comes to this. So, amazingly enough, and I don't know about you, and I, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know, I've been having some things that I, that I realize that a part of the gospel message that I have not necessarily, like, indicated. The gospel message, you know what the gospel message is. Jesus came, he died on the cross, and he rose again, right? Well, that was all the stuff that God, that Jesus has done. But one of the things about the gospel message, and, and it's something that I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget to, or fail to actually indicate, is the fact that at some point in time, Jesus is coming back. There is not just what Jesus has done, but there is actually a future where Jesus is coming back. That at one point in time, that that is an expectation. So what do you do as a Christian? Okay, well, we accept Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, but we also need to have a hopeful expectation of what is to come. Catch that? I have a hopeful expectation of what is to come. I'm looking for what is to come. I'm not just living in the past. My salvation, that... That is what Jesus has done for me. Now I'm looking at the future. What is to come? And that is Jesus coming. And we know this is a part of the gospel message because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, very few um, um, slides today. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he mentions this. In verse 1, and he says this, But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So, so Paul is mentioning the fact that this is something that we've already discussed. This is something that we've already been through. To, to the point where you very much know very well is what he's saying, is, is that this is something that we went over And in the, in the verses in Matthew, in chapter 24, we went through the fact that Jesus, you know, talked about one being left and, and one taken and, and how that is going to be, that it's going to be like a thief in the night when it comes to that. And we refer, by the way, that is where we refer to as the rapture. You will not find rapture in the scripture verses, but you will find references to that idea or thought process. And that is that whole thought process of Jesus taking is taking the people and being redeemed, those that are following after. But then in 2 Peter 3, 10 through 13, so 2 Peter, it's right before 1 John, and in 2 Peter 
3, 10 through 13, the, the day of the Lord is described like this, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are, that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So the day of the Lord is a broad statement that, that deals with the end times. You have the rapture, you have the tribulation, this is what we're talking about. And what Paul says back in, if you'll flip back into 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, in verse 3, Paul says this, For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So there's a distinction between those that are in darkness and those that are in light. Point of this. We have a hope of an expectation of salvation. Right? We are looking for that which is to actually come. Our message of salvation and the gospel message is going to be received by some. It's not going to be received by all. How we present that is very, very important. Right, and so having that consideration when it comes to it. In verse 6, Therefore, let us not sleep, and this is verse 6 of chapter 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Now, in this portion, as we're going through verses 6 through 8, what we're going to find is, is that Paul will go back and forth through spiritual references to physical reference. And the reason why I say about spiritual reference, because in, in verse 6 it says, let us not sleep. Well, obviously he's not talking about physical sleep, because everybody will physically sleeps. That is not an issue. So we're talking about, do not you be spiritually asleep. Do not you allow your spiritual life that relationship with God, be asleep, but let you be alive in him. So let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Let us be focused, not dull. For those who sleep, Sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Let us who are of the day be sober, in verse 8, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And so in verse 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And by the way, that, that word sleep, Sometimes it can reference death. You kind of have to have the context of the verse. In this realm, you can kind of take it both ways. 
you can either take it, you know, whether or not we are alive, you know, being awake, or whether or not we sleep or dead, or whether or not we physically are awake or physically are sleeping, whether or not we're sleeping or whether or not we're awake. We live our lives for Jesus. And however you actually want to and want to go with that realm, because that Greek word means both things. And then it says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. Edify is a very interesting word. Be a house builder. Edify one another. Be a house builder. Do not tear down another person. That's not you. Do not tear down. If you're doing tearing down, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be edifying. We're supposed to be building into. We're supposed to be investing into so that so that, that person will be better. In this case, I wanted to get a, across the fact that not a thief in the night for those that follow after Jesus. Follow after him and allow the light to actually change your hearts and change your minds. Have that deep change that actually says, this is who I am, my identity is found in God. And allow your life to follow after him. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the Sunday. And that, Father, that we may just fellowship with one another and have a wonderful time and bring us back here safely. I pray, Father, for the teachers, and I pray, Father, for the schools as they're going on, and I pray for people who are in sports. I pray, Father, that you may touch and that you may be with and there, that there may be great success. And I thank you, Father, for who you are and what you do. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I hope that you enjoyed it. To follow along with this series, you can go to www.agjordanmt.com and following the links for current and past broadcasts. I hope that you have a wonderful day.